Hello, everyone. Welcome to Horror Buzz. I'm one of your hosts, Wyatt. And we have Sunny. Hello, everybody. Yeah, you can enter yourself from now on. Say what? Oh, I'm your second host, Sunny. Yep. (laughs) I'm leaving this in. Hi, guys. So today is going to be a little different. Um, Instead of reviewing a movie, we're going to be just reading each other some short, spooky stories. Um, So I hope you enjoy it. We have hopefully a couple of classics that you like. Um, And if you don't like being scared, um, you're listening to the wrong podcast. So get the fuck out. Oh wow. And I just wanna let you guys <laughs> and I just wanna let you guys know since we are a literal two person operation, um, we do lose money on this podcast. Um, but we do it because it's fun. So if you would like to support us, there is a link in the show notes where you can donate. Anything helps. Um help your help your boy out getting a microphone so you can actually listen without cringing <laughs> that's great um yeah so sunny do you want to read your first story okay um the first story is called when the spring came cue the spooky music <laughs> my good friend let's call her jane to protect her identity told me her ghost story last year, and since then it has been confirmed to me by several people who were around at that time. It took place back in the late 90s when she was in her early 20s. Jane was living on a farm in very rural Appalachia with some other folks around her age because they were trying a back-to-the-land type situation post-college, which I guess means they went back home after college. Most of their neighbors were really friendly and helpful. Lots of older, old ladies making food for them and former coal worker guys who would help around the farm. There was one neighbor in particular named Jim who was known to be a former meth addict but cleaned up and acted as a sort of paid handyman around the farm. The farm was really old, including the main house, which was built in the early 1900s. Each of the people who lived there had their own room, including Jane, who took the room closest to the front door of the house. Eventually, one of the neighbors told Jane and her friends that the house was rumored to be haunted by a ghost of a man who lived there in the 1930s. Jane and her friends never took it seriously, but they would joke around and try to scare each other in a pranking way. One night, though, Jane woke up because she felt the presence of something unusual in her room. She opened her eyes and could see a dark, ghostly figure standing silently in in the doorway staring at her. She repeatedly told the figure to leave, saying, You need to go now. I do not want you here. Eventually, after a few minutes, the figure left. She didn't tell any of her friends because she didn't want them to freak out or think she was crazy. A few days later, one of the other women who lived in the house told Jane that the ghost had appeared at her doorway and had actually come in her room. But she had laid in the beds in her bed silently in response. Jane then convinced confessed the same thing happened to her earlier, except the ghost left when she told it to leave. The ghost continued to appear to Jane occasionally, but she would just tell him to leave and he would. 
That autumn, they had to stop paying Jim the handyman because they were running out of funds and they couldn't afford to have him around. Angry, he turned on the farm people and started doing terrible things to the farm, including vandalizing the farm, the barn, messing up the garden, etc. They never had proof that it was him, so the police police couldn't really do anything, but they were convinced he was the one doing it. One horrible morning in the middle of winter, Jane came outside and saw that the farm dog was hanging from a tree. They all assumed it was Jim who had done it, and they called the police, but Jim wasn't in his trailer up the hollow. It looked like he had skipped town. When spring came, the snow started melting, and one of the neighbors found Jim's body in a creek that had been covered in snow for a while. The police investigated and surmised that Jim had been high on drugs, fallen into the creek, hit his head, and froze to death. He died around the same time the dog was killed. Anyway, the creepiest part of the whole thing was that Jane realized that the ghost had stopped appearing around the time that Jim went missing, but didn't put two and two together until they found his body. She told him, she told me that she's now pretty sure that it was Jim standing in her doorway silently at night, and that is much creepier than a ghost. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, a former crackhead standing in the hallway. No man. <laughs> Jinkies. <laughs> okay. These are stories, I guess, submitted by everyday people like us to Jezebel. A lot of them were pretty good. Some of them were a little lengthy. Like there was one about a grinder hookup, and he was like, "Oh, I should have listened to my intuition." The guy thought he was going to get murdered, and he just, like, <laughs> ran out of the guy's house. <laughs> I was like, well, that happened to any of us. Okay. So, my first story is a classic. It's something that I've heard growing up, and it's sunny. I'm sure you've heard it, too. It's called The Babysitter and the Clown Statue. A few years ago, a mother and father decided they needed a break, so they wanted to head out for a night on the town, and they called their most trusted babysitter. When the babysitter arrived, the two children were already fast asleep in bed, so the babysitter just got to sit around and make sure everything was okay with the children. Later in the night, the babysitter got bored, and so she wanted to watch TV, but she couldn't watch it downstairs because they didn't have cable downstairs. So she called them and asked them if she could watch cable TV in the parents' bedroom. Of course, the parents said it was okay, but the babysitter had one final request. She asked if she could cover up the large clown statue in their bedroom with a blanket or cloth because it made her nervous. The phone line was silent for a moment, and the father, who was talking to the babysitter at the time, said, take the children and get out of the house. We'll call the police. We don't have a clown statue. The children and the babysitter got murdered by the clown. It turned out to be that the clown was a killer but escaped from jail. If you don't repost this in 10 peeps within five minutes, the clown will be standing next to your bed at 3 a.m. with a knife. You just do a chain letter? Yes, I did. That's how this story started. Yeah, I've heard of that story before. It always creeps me out, though, like, especially when they say, we, we don't have clown in the bed, in the room, in the house. 
We don't have a clown on the bed. I am the clown on the bed. I know, that's creepy. I think they have a movie based off that, like, what is it, like an urban legend or whatever? When it's... Well, there are similar mm-hmm. tropes about this that have been going on since the mm-hmm. 1960s. And you're thinking about this movie, Stranger that one? Falls. Which she... It's like she's a babysitter, right? I believe... Yes, she's a babysitter. Um, There was the original, and I think like the 1960s, and then the remake in like 2004 or 2002. I really like the remake. It's very creepy. Did the clown come out? Very much the vibes. No, he's not a clown. He's just a white single male in a hoodie, (laughs) which is scarier. (laughs) Got a lot of those walking around. All right, Sonny. Do you want to read your next story? Okay. The next story for me is called This is Maria. This was sent in by Library Anne Anne Again? Library Anne Again? Library Anne Again. That's a weird name. So it goes... My husband and I live in a small, unincorporated town on the outskirts of a bigger city. Although we are almost 50 years old, we are 30 to 40 years younger than any of our near neighbors. Most of them have grandchildren who visit regularly and drive them wherever they need to go. Not so for the man I usually just called Professor. His wife Elena died 12 years ago. I only knew her briefly, but she and the Professor were one of those life goals kind of couples. I love spending time with them. They were both so erudite and witty and clearly still deeply in love. Elena's passing hit her husband hard for the last year. He had been battling cancer with no bus service in our rural area and cabs from town are expensive and a long wait. I ended up driving him to the doctor's. The professor had been in the U.S. since his 20s, but he still retained a charming foreign accident. Accent. <laughs> accident. My name he pronounced as Ani. I guess as opposed to Annie. Usually when he phoned me, he would say, Good afternoon, Ani. Sometimes he would call in the wee hours in pain, able to gasp, Ani, only. I would drop the phone and run to his house to help him with his meds or to take him to the city's emergency room. He was adamant about not staying away from home. He knew the end was near and he wanted to go in his own bed. On October 1st at almost 4 a.m., my cell phone rang, showing the professor's number. When I answered, a strained voice asked, Ani? Yes, I answered. Professor? No, the voice giggled. This is Maria. I'm taking him tonight. Then I woke up. I was sitting in bed with the phone in my hand. My husband and our dog were sleeping soundly, so the phone hadn't really rung or had it. I started to call the professor, but if he was managing to get some sleep, I didn't want to disturb him. So I got up and dressed quickly, and the dog and I slipped out the backyard. I could see the professor's house from there. No lights were on, and everything was quiet. I wasn't comfortable, though, so I went ahead and dialed. Dialed. 25 rings, no answer. Damn, I knew then. I went back in and woke my husband. He walked to the house and knocked. Nothing. We had the phone. We had to phone the sheriffs. They broke in. The professor had died seemingly peacefully in bed. 
Because of our unincorporated location, any of the chores which would fall to the professionals in an urban area are taken up by neighbors here. So that evening, with the deputy supervision, the families on our block began to sort through the professor's papers. We needed the deed to his burial plot or any kind of will or link to distant relations. I looked through a small scrapbook of old photos that was on his nightstand. There was no cousin Marie Marco from the old country or nephew Bob from New York. It was mostly pictures of Elena and the professor and the never spoken of young daughter Maria who died in Oaxa in 1971. So that one kind of creeped me out. <laughs> I was like, oh no, Maria came and got her daddy. She solved those daddy issues real quick. No absentee parent for her. <laughs> she said, he's mine now. So my next story is called, I swear I saw my father when he wasn't really there. Now, this is something that I can personally relate to. I would see my roommate and her boyfriend for long periods of times for like at least a minute. And they would not actually be in the apartment or there. So this is something that I've I've personally dealt with. And let me tell you, it is very creepy and very concerning because you don't know, am I going crazy? Did I see a demon? Did, did Did I have a stroke? You don't know what's going on. Anyway. Let's get into the story. I live in a condominium, and we own two apartments on the 7th and 8th floor. The only way to move in between them is to step out of the apartment and take the elevator or the staircase and enter the other one. One night, we ran out of ice cream upstairs, and my mom told me to go get some from the downstairs freezer. So we took the keys to the seventh floor apartment, and since it was dinner time, no one was there. I walked into the pitch dark and realized that someone was sitting on the sofa, so I flipped the switch to see my dad sitting there. It was kind of weird, but I just went to get the ice cream and asked if he had a key to lock up. No answer. I shrugged and thought, well, if he came in and locked the door behind him, he must have a key. I went back upstairs, and my dad was sitting there, eating dinner. I freaked out and asked him how the hell did he get up the stairs so fast, and everyone told me that he's been here the entire time. I told them it wasn't possible because I just saw him downstairs, but no one believed me, and now I never go down there alone. (laughs) That would definitely freak me out. I mean... You freaked me out when you told me the stories about, like, you said your old apartment, and then you said it even happened here when you were house-sitting the other day. <laughs> I was like, maybe it's just following you. Yes. Yeah, I was house-sitting at Sunny's place, and I saw the same thing. That wasn't any particular person. It wasn't any one of them, I think. I just saw it and didn't think anything of it um, until I turned around and realized, wait, my ass is here alone. Who's that? Um, that's yeah, super fun. Super fun. Super, super fresh. Well, let's just talk about ghost stories that we've experienced. Not that I've experienced. I mean, you said you've experienced some stuff in our old place in Linwood. Tell them about that. Oh, yes. 
Hello. Um, so Sonny and his siblings and I and his mother and our uncle and his daughter and our grandmother and my mother all lived in the same house in Los Angeles, East Los Angeles, right, right outside mm-hmm. of Los Angeles. Well, let me tell you the backstory of it. This house, we were very small, very young, but I remember clearly, like, when we first went to see the house, I think at that point it was just me and my siblings and then my grandma and my mom when we were looking at houses. We were there, and I guess we were at, like, the open house for it or whatever, and we went into the garage, I believe, and there was a lot of, like, black candles lit in, like, an area. And then also in, which used to be our bedroom, which is, like, a big, like, family room which is just so big so we took it because it fit we are the most so there's like four of us five of us so we stood in there um so we took that oh it's your second sibling that's a ghost. <laughs> we took that room and in that room there was also some kind of like setup of like black candles and like i think what they call the santa muerta muerto something like that and it's pretty much like uh uh it looks like a grim reaper and people pray to it to bring them wealth to bring them i don't know like whatever they want so i mean i don't know what compelled them to move into the house after seeing that i know i wouldn't so a lot i mean i think most of you guys experienced stuff in that house i didn't the only thing i ever experienced was like one time we were there at the house and they just, it just sounded like a like a boulder like hit the side of the house like something just smacked the house and everyone was like what the hell was that that was the only thing I, I experienced but I know you experienced a lot even Hoovy and Mia saw like something you know and Nana <laughs> oh yes Nana and I had um, experiences with the same mm-hmm. entity in that house um, so I stayed in the second floor on the first bedroom on the second floor, um, right off of the staircase. And you guys, by the way, those staircases are really fucking, that staircase scares the shit out of me in that house. Um, So my bedroom was right off of it, of course. Um, I shared that bedroom with my mom, but she was always at school and at work. Um, So by the time she got home, she already wanted me to be asleep. And I never (laughs) was. Um, cause at night, I would see this figure standing in the doorway of my bedroom because my mom would sleep with the door open. And my bed uh, was a little twin bed and was right in front of the door, like directly parallel with the door. Um, and my mom's bed was on the other side of the room. And every single night without fail, I saw this thing which I'm sure came from the stairs and just stood in the doorway and watched me. Never came in, just stood there and looked at me. And he would, after, I'm assuming it's a he, it's an it, whatever, would um, walk down the hallway towards our grandmother's room. Um, And one night in particular, I remember telling my grandmother the, um, sorry, in the next morning, I told her what happened and asked her and she said that night she thought that I was messing with her and because she felt something pulling mm-hmm. her bed sheets 
and she thought it was me trying to get her attention. And when she realized it wasn't me, she started to pray. And her she had this picture of Jesus on above her bed, and it fell off the wall. Um, yeah, super creepy. That's what happened on the second floor almost like every night. So that was fun. And my mother never believed me and would always get mad when I would be awake when she would come home. Um, and I would feel this thing looking at me from the stairway um, when you're downstairs. So you can like see up the stairs, there were like iron rod railings, like painted white. Yeah. And you could see up if you look. And there was a sofa that was pushed up against it, against the side of the stairs. Mm-hmm. And I never wanted to sit on that sofa on God. I hated it. I could feel it watching me. It was so mm-hmm. fucking scary. I remember that. Uh, what I remember most is like that yeah. one night, my grandma, I think my mom and my aunt and my uncle were out. So it was just her with us. And it was already like, I guess, bedtime. So I think we were all staying in my, our big bedroom at, on the first floor. And I think my grandma was already in bed when she just heard like, because my little brother was like the smallest. So he would sleep in the grave with my grandma. And she just heard, from what I remember, she told us that she heard like mm. a punching, like something, making contact with my little brother's like body, like kind of like hitting him or something. And I guess in like, it's in a half awake phase she thought it was us messing with her him so she kind of like was like shouting like okay leave him alone like guys go to bed and i guess when she realized we were in bed she kind of like freaked out and like started with the holy water and praying and stuff which mm-hmm. is creepy to me she yeah. had the welshers jar the jelly jar of holy water she drove us to the church right i don't know i don't know if she drove us to the church or she already had it but all I remember was just like in a like a daze, like what is she doing, you know? And what was creepy about that was because Hubi, my little brother, would have like night terrors and be like, "There's someone like in the corner, like an old lady in the corner." Like my mom would wake up and he's just like freaking out. So a lot of things happen in that house. Creepy thinking about it now, like. For us, I imagine for us to go back there right now, like at nighttime, you know, and investigate. But a lot of creepy stuff. Yeah, I mean, your sister in high school was invited to a party there. At the old house. At the old house, yeah. She said um, that she got invited and no one was living there, so it was like they were going to trash the house or whatever. Um, and then she figured out where it was and she's like, nope, I'm good. I'm not going down there. And then another thing that strikes out to me about the house was, remember underneath the staircase, there was that like wooden box, like that was just nailed in. I was like, I wonder if that was like a, yeah. yeah, And you can tell, like if you lifted it up or took, took out all those nails, like it's a piece of plywood over like a four, like a square little wooden it wasn't even a box so it wasn't big but I can only imagine there was either dirt down there or who knows what like it was just so strange to me what if there was oh my god what if there's something under there that would made that staircase like a yeah portal? like in that what is it called devil house by Zach Bagan his that documentary but or demon house 
where like at the bottom of the stairs there was like a little dirt thing and he saw that there was shit buried in there that like has gone through my head a couple times like what if people use that for something you know yeah wow super scary um (laughs) that house was bad um but that's not the only place that i've experienced things so in my very first apartment with my uh on my own not i lived with one of my boyfriends for like three months um and not that (laughs) place but (laughs) i moved in with my roommate uh, I, I will we'll call her Jessica. I don't know if she would have an issue about me talking about this. Um, <clears throat> so she was a waitress and she worked at nights and um, yeah, she worked nights mostly at the dinner rush in Santa Monica. And we lived in Los Feliz, which is like East Hollywood. So it's like on the opposite side of town and it takes like an hour to an hour and a half to get there. Um, and it's only like six miles, guys, but LA has really fucked <laughs> up traffic. Um, so one day I got home from work and I opened the door and I saw her in the kitchen cooking. Um, like I saw her moving things and cooking it on the stove. And I was like, okay, cool. And I said, you know, hi, Jessica. And she didn't say anything to me. I was like, hmm whatever maybe she's in a mood and I walked into my bathroom I think and I used the restroom and then I came back out to say hi to her again and just like see what's up and she was gone and I was like hmm that's weird so I checked her bedroom she wasn't there and I texted her and she texted me back like 30 minutes later saying that she was at work and that she had been there all night so I didn't see her but I saw something that looked exactly like her and didn't say anything to me and didn't really acknowledge me at all. Um, And that's not the only time I saw her when she wasn't there. Um, One other time I woke up on a Sunday morning and I opened my bedroom door and from my bedroom door in this apartment, you could see our sofa. And she was sitting there meditating on this sofa. She usually meditated on the sofa in the mornings especially on weekends, so I didn't think anything of it. And I walked into my bathroom, which was right off of my bedroom door. And I brushed my teeth, did whatever, and then I came out um, to say good morning. I said good morning to her, I walked into the bathroom, she didn't say anything, poked my head back out, and she wasn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm, okay. So I texted her. She was working the brunch rush at the restaurant, and she normally didn't work brunches. Um, So she wasn't there (laughs) and I I just thought maybe I was going crazy or maybe I just got so used to seeing her there that my mind Mm -hmm. projected her there um but the last time I saw anything I only lived in this apartment for like four or five months I moved in in August and I moved out in January you guys did not um (laughs) I can't do math And so this one final time, I think was in December, because I think I had a Christmas tree up. Um, And I was doing one of my spells. I do witchcraft, yes. Um, And it was like 11.30, I think. Uh, My roommate was at work, 
and her boyfriend lived with us for like a month or so um and he wasn't there either he was an actor so he worked odd hours um and i heard this loud like bang 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 on our front door and they had just gotten into a fight so i thought maybe it was him trying to bring his drama <laughs> into my home um so i got up and i went and i looked out the people and um so we had like an outdoor corridor like an outdoor hallway and there was um these like really ugly yellow fluorescent lights and they um the the lights that were right in front of my apartment for whatever reason that night were out they were not working and the lights further down the hallway were working so i got this backlit silhouette of what looked like her boyfriend um and he was holding flowers and i when i saw him i just felt like something was wrong like it was menacing like i shouldn't open the door and i got really scared i couldn't say anything my throat felt tight um and i stood there for literally what felt like an hour trying to work up the courage to say something or to open the door and it just felt so tense and it felt like it was getting like closer and smaller and like shrinking in on me and then i finally just unlocked the door and i swung it open and he wasn't there <laughs> no one was there um so i called my roommate i didn't text her this time and i asked her if harrison <laughs> her boyfriend said he was going to come by and she said no he shouldn't have come by he would let her know before and i was watching mm-hmm. this man through people he didn't go anywhere from the second i opened the door i would see him if he ran um so i don't know what it was but it scared the shit out of me and i was horrified and luckily i moved out shortly after that into a little shitty studio that was like three times the price in west uh, la that's a real uh, scary part. Some... Yeah, that's the horrifying part, the rent prices in Los Angeles. And then your crazy ass neighbor <laughs> there. Oh my god, that's not a scary oh, I guess it be is scared. Kind of a scary story, but not like a Yeah, I thought he was murdering people sometimes. Um so I guess I can talk about that for a second. And I lived in this studio apartment and I had like this really teeny entryway like once you open the door to my apartment there's like this little entryway that was maybe like 2 and a half by 2 and a half um and then there was another doorway that like led into my apartment but there was no door there um but in that doorway to the right when you walked in there was another door that had no handle it was just a deadbolt and it led into the closet of the neighboring apartment in their living room. Um and <laughs> it was I think the first time I heard him it was like 10:30 mm-hmm. p.m. This man, I have videos of it. Maybe I'll put it on our Instagram page. You put it on TikTok. See that. Um <laughs> this man was screaming at the top of his lungs, screaming and I mean like it it scared the shit out of me. and um 
it sounded like he was getting killed or he was killing someone. He was so angry. And I, he started like beating on the walls of my apartment. Um, and I heard it like, it was like in my kitchen. And then I heard him like wrestling with someone. And I got scared and I went to the door that connected our apartments and I listened to make sure like, is this man actually hurting someone? I didn't hear anything except um, them screaming at each other at this point. And then um, another like tumble in the hallway, it sounded like pictures were falling off the walls. And like, I could hear this because my walls were like encompassed by their apartment. So I was surrounded by their apartment because it used to be one unit. So I heard this, like, just going along the the walls of my apartment. I could hear them traveling until they went into my where my bathroom area is, which is their bedroom. And he just started sobbing and crying and, like, wailing. And it sounded so scary because it sounded like it was coming out of my bathroom and, like, reverberating off the walls. And then it stopped. I was like, okay. And you said it would happen like here and there, because huh? you would send me videos of like, like I could just hear it muffled, obviously, because I'm not there. But I remember just like, I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> oh, it was like, like a, a very often occurrence. I think like every other day, maybe. Um, and I had recorded it and recorded it and recorded it and sent it to property management. And I was going to call the police once, but I was like, you know, I don't know what's going, what he's going through. Maybe it's just like some really bad depression or like anxieties and he's beating his walls to get it out, but it's really fucking horrifying. Um, I remember one night the neighbor next to me on the other side came out of her apartment and started pounding on their front door. She got some balls. Because the noise was traveling. Yeah, the noise was traveling from their apartment over to her apartment. Uh, and they didn't answer the door. They gets quiet. And then she walked back into her apartment and then it started again. Um, but I had all these videos. I sent them to property management and I was like, look, I don't know what's going on here. This is very scary. You guys should check on this because I live right next to this person and it's scaring the shit out of me in the middle of the night. One time it happened at like 1.30 in the morning. It scared the fuck out of me. I was sleeping. <laughs> um, yeah, that was really scary. That was really, 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 really scary. I'm, I wish it would have happened when oh, you were wow. visiting me. Well, that way, that way you could experience and like hear how yeah, loud it I'd is. I'd be all like anxiety ridden and I'd be like oh my god <laughs> call the cops mm-hmm. yeah uh, that was a fun time <laughs> that was a great time and now I just live back with my parents so the only yelling and screaming that happens here <laughs> is me <laughs> so those are our ghost stories for today I guess um, yeah We can make a separate episode about talking about our personal ghost stories. Um, we ran through a couple of them right now. Um, yeah, let us know. Uh, don't forget to please donate to the podcast if you like it, or just rate us on iTunes. Uh, share the podcast. If you guys want to follow us over at Instagram, we have a TikTok now, and we're posting our full episodes over on YouTube if you prefer that. 
um, eventually, hopefully, we'd be able to do a video version of this podcast. But like I said, that takes money. Um, so if you guys would like to see that, go ahead and donate. Uh, link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. Sunny, do you have any words you'd like to sign off? No, are we going to let them know what our next episode's going to be for Horror Bust? Sure, if you want to introduce I do, because I'm excited about it. We're going to be reviewing Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, which is a 1960s cult classic starring Betty Davis and my favorite Hollywood starlet, Joan Crawford. And I have never seen this movie. <laughs> so I think I think you'll like it. So mm-hmm. or it could be another the exorcist. Uh, let's hope not. <laughs> <laughs> okay guys, um well we didn't get buzzed, but we got buzzed. <laughs>